Alright, hello and welcome to this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I am Jeremy Fisk. I am joined by Lee Carlo and Chapin Hemingway. Today we're going to look at the 1995 Pierce Brosnan (laughs) James Bond Golden Eye as it hits its 25th anniversary. world is the target. 72 hours ago, a secret weapon system was detonated over Saturnia. And the threat is real. GoldenEye exists. A radiation surge that destroys everything with an electronic circuit. You can still depend on one man. I want you to find GoldenEye. Three. Find who took it. Two. And stop it. One. name's Bond. James Bond. The world's most famous secret agent is back. We aim to please. And this time, 007 is facing the ultimate enemy. The man who knows him best. Hello, James. What an unpleasant surprise. 006. What's the matter? No pithy comeback? He was your friend. And now he's your enemy and you will kill him. Is the satellite in range? Target is London. Now. The entire world is about to be caught in the crossfire. See you in hell, James. You first. All right, guys. So, Goldeneye, I want you both to take me back. Take me back to when you're like 11, 10 years old, little Lee, little Chapin, going, Oh, Mommy, I want to go see Goldeneye at the theater. Or I need to go to Blockbuster and, and, and rent Goldeneye. All my friends are talking about it. Uh, so you get there, you, you get your VHS tape, you pop it in, you watch Goldeneye, you sort of, you have your nachos, you have your uh, Mountain Dew. And Wait, sorry, what... this is, we're, uh, we're not talking present day, right? Well, either way, well, that's what I'm gonna, I'm kind of getting at, Lee. Is what was that? Do you guys remember that experience of watching this movie for the first time, being a pre-pubescent boy? Um, and then, what? How can you bridge that gap to this experience watching it? And is there any um, sort of connection or overlay of the two experiences? Well. <laughs> It's funny because I think GoldenEye does represent what you're talking about. But for me, it's it's the video game. that uh, It's because in between the movies that I was watching those days, I would play GoldenEye on N64. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember this movie specifically the way you're talking about it, but it does represent a time well, you, you, uh, you that didn't you described leave. very appropriately. You didn't leave because the, the, the video game didn't come out for another two years. Sure, but I'm just talking about this, this, you know, this range of years, this age range for us. Uh, you know, I remember. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like a five to six year span. Like I remember watching any movies that came out really from like ninety five to two thousand, kind of in that, in that way, right? Like all through middle school, playing video games in between, staying up really late drinking mountain dew eating horribly and you know i try to do it now and it's it's it's, it's no rough it's rough it's, like the, yeah <laughs> i end up falling asleep really early and then the next day somehow uh, things are still coming out all in so um yeah it's an it's an uncomfortable uh thing to try to do now but um but yeah i mean i think the to answer your question watching it now was just an uh, like an entirely different experience than really any other time i've watched it i was i was much more i was much i was watching it with a much more critical eye of course but i cuz i knew we were reviewing this movie for the podcast so i had to keep that in mind but you know i i also was looking at it more in the in the scope of bond films in a little bit how it relates to the more recent bond movies with daniel craig um, well, let's uh, let's we'll get into that. Chapin, how about you? Was there any overlap to that experience when you sure. first watched it to sure. now? Is like, and where is like you went out? Did you go to your basement and start fighting bad guys and jumping down your stairs? And, oh, I was already doing that. Uh, no, you know, pretending to kick ass. I think what I associated 
James Bond with, and it it had to have started or, or restarted with Goldeneye, which I hope we talk about because this was the beginning of kind of a uh, the an, the an, an end to a six year drought of James Bond movies and a sort of restart of the franchise. Um, but I always associated it with you know glamour and you know international intrigue. I I have this like distinct memory of. Um, because of where I was living in 1997, uh, I saw the sequel to this movie, um, Tomorrow Never Dies, at like... Uh, With Fixie winner Jonathan Price. Correct. Um, <laughs> at like the Cineplex, Cinema Odeon Theater in London, which are these big, this huge, like romantic single theater movie experience and i remember like they had the huge james bond like you know it was like the whole movie theater was dedicated to this one movie because you know it's british he's a very important person culturally to the brits internationally as well um and i just remember thinking like yeah this is like the pinnacle of class and (laughs) you know (laughs) international intrigue and blah 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 and now i look at it like (laughs) it's kind of a joke but you know it doesn't mean i didn't enjoy it um and i still i still i still think it's interesting to think about like why we associate that with bond like i mean even now with the Daniel Craig stuff, like there is this sense of like, this is what a, a man should, should be in a way, you know, like the way he dresses, the way he drink, you know, we're drinking scotch right now. And you know, that's, that's of course bonds after dinner drink. <laughs> right. Um, you know, after the Heineken, which has sponsored the movie for a couple million dollars. And then the vodka martini, which of course is, has some kind of vodka sponsor works into it. You know, like, I just think there's there's certain things you take away from, like, what the ideal man is from this. Um, And from this movie, it's probably pretty bad. (laughs) Because he just kills people and womanizes women and drinks and... Well, that's more of a... That's... We can get into that. That, That's a James Bond character issue more than I think... Than it's a GoldenEye issue. Um, but I definitely had sort of watching this again because I hadn't seen it for at least 20 years, probably. Um, and I definitely had a little bit of those juices going again. I, I was pleasantly surprised at how, how much I enjoyed this film. Um, well, I have another theory why. Sort of, Me too. What's I have Go another. Ahead. I have an, an additional theory as to why you really enjoyed this movie, because I think yeah, it's really that. good. <laughs> uh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Go on. I mean, I... this hits all the right notes. I mean, it's self-aware when it's supposed to be self-aware. I think the action works. There's there's some little issues throughout that I found minor. But even but even if they were distracting at times, but like I think that this is a really well made, tightly made, effective movie, Bond or otherwise. And I, I think it's bigger than I thought or I, that I remembered. Like as far as just the action sequences, the scope of the movie. Sure. Like it's it's big. It's like modern day. Like yeah, there's no, James Bond size. It's hard not to. I mean, there's like the. You know, the trucks crashing into the canal. It was hard not to think about Nolan watching some of these scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, or that Mission Impossible. Or Mission Impossible, yeah. So, and, and I think this movie is really well shot. I think, like like I said, I'll just get these little things out of the way, right? Like, this movie probably is like 10 to 15 minutes too long. There's a stretch when they're in Cuba that just is really kind of drags and unnecessary. And then this is a two-hour and 10-minute movie that feels a little long right and then how about the delivery the, of a of a z3 to cuba f- for when he could just take a cab from the airport to the little airport <laughs> well the nitpick stuff we could spend all day going over um i didn't i thought the music was pretty bad in this movie i thought like it's kind of soap opera-ish and yeah pornish. Like, they couldn't and really then, decide if they wanted to be in the 80s or right the 90s, um yeah. and then even the use of the the bond theme i thought was poorly done but like again little nitpicky small things that maybe were at times distracting but ultimately 
this is a good movie. I think that's why that's the other parts of the reason you like it. Sure, there's a nostalgic element, but I think this is a good movie. And that surprised kind of surprised the shit out of me. Yeah. And and just I, f- I think I forgot to mention our top five to, uh, today is uh, top five action moves or moments. And what made me think of that for our top five is that moment <laughs> is that moment when that tank goes through that wall. It's almost like stand up and clap. Yeah, that's how cool that moment is. It's just awesome. I mean, I love that tank. I mean, this movie has a tank chase for anybody who hasn't seen it in a long time, and. You know, a tank moves pretty slowly in real life, but this is pretty <laughs> intense tank chase as he's chasing this car Dude. all through a city, just like crashing through everything. As a locations person, I'm just watching the city get destroyed and wondering how. I yeah. love that he he like blasts through this building in the tank and then takes a hard left turn to chase the car, but then all the cops chasing him aren't able to make the same turn and all crash into the canal. As the tank, yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, uh, like, and it's, and that's silly, right? Like, so, there's so much of this is silly, but I find that stuff to be classic James Bond movie. The, the, I know you want to get into the comparisons with the Daniel Craig movies, and we will talk about it more, but just very quickly, those movies are, are, are some of them are very good in their own right, but almost separate from the Bond universe. It can feel like a very different story a different character a different everything whereas this i feel like throws homage to everything that bond has done up to this point does a lot of things new for itself and i just think all of that stuff works in its tongue-in-cheek nature in its action scenes and uh it's the the romance the intensity whatever is going on in this movie i think all works and is where it's supposed to be yeah, I describe this as sort of the transition Bond movie. It's not as gritty or serious as the Daniel Craig Bond movies, but it's not quite as silly and over the top as the previous Bond movies. I mean, there are a wink and a nod to those. Like, what's what's that one lady's name? I'm on top or something. On top. Like on a top. Yeah. Yeah. On a top. Um, yeah, so there's, in the whole scene with Q, I think it was really fun. Yeah, it's um, great. And funny. Uh, so those those moments are light and a bit silly and, and remind you more of the uh, Sean Connery Bond movies, but does have enough uh, gravity to it that it's serious enough to sort of remind you of the Daniel Craig films as well. Well, I love that, you know, piggybacking on our hunt for red October discussion last week. I love that he's, you know, fighting the former Soviets in this. Like to it's me, so great. Like that's, it's just, that's so ex- many Russian cliches that it's yeah, just, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's awesome. Yeah. And I love like the, the locations. I love the, like the cold setting for some of this. And like, like that's what bond is. And you know, like these days, you know, aesthetically, you know, superficially, I like the Craig bonds better. I think they're, they're, they take them a little more seriously, which is a little bit more to my taste. But, you know, he's always like fighting these like, you know, either they're like former MI6 agents or, right. you know, like the ultimate bad guys. And like, dude, just like fight somebody real, you know, like I want to well, see him go to Afghanistan. And <laughs> Well, it's funny you say fight somebody real, because I think that the the new Bond movies take to heart this idea that we're we're expecting this like authentic element to our movies. Right. We need this like. We, we we can't get behind the tongue-in-cheek nature or the ridiculousness of fighting. Not not anybody real specific, but, you know, just Russia. Like, there's these, like, two sort of, like, half defects that in uh, Anatop and Umarov that have, like, decided they're just going to, you know, take control. But, like, they have hundreds of uh, Russian soldiers working for them, <laughs> right? So it's you got to suspend your disbelief a little bit. And the new Bond's don't make us do that quite the same way. I found it refreshing, though. Like, I, I, again, maybe this is the, the nostalgia piece. I loved watching the just absolute ridiculousness of that opening scene after uh, Alec is killed, Sean Ben is, is supposedly killed, and he has to escape. And, like, again, I remember all this stuff from the video game, so, like, that, like, I'm watching this movie and I'm remembering what I would do. <laughs> um... But like when he when he gets on that, 
I was just like, my jaw dropped when he got on that motorcycle and just fucking drove off the cliff. And that's a real to, stunt. They like really to, did that. So, and that was amazing. And I was going to suggest top five bad choices by characters. Not a good choice by Bond there. That was not the, the what is the, they do on uh, the football games now, like win probability when a team's losing by a lot in the late in the game, like, uh, death probability there was like really high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I liked well, all of that been a stuff. Short I thought movie. this movie embraced all of those elements, I and think... I found it really refreshing to watch that put together well. You know, you can have all that stuff in a yeah. sloppy movie, but this movie is not sloppy. I think it just it just goes far enough to capture you know the silliness that you that are sort of more prevalent in the 70s and 80s um movies like here they just they just go far enough like the the movies that the subsequent pierce brosnan movies i think are are are, just get too silly you know and 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 Mm -hmm. are are sort of i don't know too childish for me but yeah this one is just they just go far enough, you know, and it's, yeah, it's great. Well, let's talk about Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. What, like, let's compare him to the other ones. I mean, I'm not as familiar with, like, the Timothy Dalton's and the Roger Moore Bonds. I mean, I've seen them years ago, but really, to me, it's between Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, and uh, Daniel Craig. So where does he in your rankings? Where does where does Pierce Brosnan land? I mean, I think he's great in this one. I I don't like him a lot uh, otherwise. Um, so I I think yeah I think he works in this movie. I don't think he's a very good actor though. No, so never, like, I've never thought he was good. <laughs> so there's there's that issue which presents itself at times in this movie, um, but. He, like the rest of this movie, delivers everything on point and on time. The one-liners work. Like, I, I don't always buy him in some of the fight scenes. Like, some no. of the shootout scenes, I think, work really well. Um, but, like, the the, yeah. the fight scene with Sean Bean, even, like, the, the fight scene with the towel, when he, like, whips the guy with the towel, or, like, the scene where... And also the scene in the pool when he grabs... Uh, uh, Famke Jansen before they get into their whole little thing like I, that stuff I found a little less believable I don't feel like he pulled that stuff off really he doesn't strike me as an action star all the time no I don't know I think he's I think he's perfect in this though I think he looks exactly like if I had to draw up yeah. what James Bond looks like yeah. it's this Pierce Brosnan and I think he pulls off the action sequences none of the fight scenes really bothered me I mean he doesn't look as cool as Daniel Craig doing it but he looks more like a a regular guy getting enough that knows what he's doing getting in a fight but like when he's driving that tank he looks like he knows oh, what yeah. he's doing that's he's, great in yep. the when he's driving the planes he he seems to really know what he like he he sells it to me and like if I had to rank all the Bond performances on each individual movie I think this might be my number one wow and number two really? number two through ten yeah would probably be a, a mix of Daniel Craig and Sean Connery roles but I think this just and it could be that nostalgia it could be this was my first Bond like the memory of Bond for me but I also think he just kind of nails it I mean I agree in theory with everything you're saying like I think that some he's very convincing in that tank chase he's really convincing he's a good he's a good runner um you know we talk about Tom Cruise yeah, he is a good runner he's a, a really good, good, runner. good runner uh so there's a lot of moments in it where I I think that works. And I feel similarly to you too, Jeremy, about just like this being Bond to me because GoldenEye was always my first experience with Bond. I also just like, I know I brought it up and it seems silly to like make this a big focal point of the podcast about the movie, but like we cannot underestimate the impact of this video game. Like every scene I watch, I was just like, oh, I, do, I remember that level. I remember that, that, that whatever that uh that room that we use and that weapon and the ak-47s and all that stuff like 
in the names of the characters I remembered from the video game. So like all of that stuff plays a factor in making GoldenEye sort of this, you know, peak Bond movie for me. But obviously Brosnan is a huge part of that. All right. Well, let's get I want into. Tapin disagrees. I want to hear. Your no, thoughts. I, I oh, don't okay, disagree. I, I, I think. I go ahead. Sorry. Well, you. I think you're the most familiar with some of the older Bond movies. Yeah, I mean, three of us. like Bond was. I never think of Bond being athletic until Daniel Craig. Like, you know, he, Sean Connery and and. Ron, Trevor and Timothy Dalton, like all these guys are, you know, they're like, they, it looks like they are, you know, good looking British guys who, you know, don't overeat, but, you know, drink a lot <laughs> and yeah. smoke, you know, in the 60s and 70s. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's this new guy for a new era, I, I suppose, but, um, yeah. Um, I like I like Brosnan. I don't think he is a. Uh, I've never seen him in a, in a in a role where I'm like blown away by his performance. I think he works here as like a piece of the pageantry, right? Like just like, you know, he's just like we were talking about with the direction and 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 the effects and stuff. Like he's just he's just enough. Like he finds this nice balance between the sort of. You know, I feel like Roger Moore was kind of goofy and the sort of like the one the one liners and the and the the puns and shit. That's that's all Roger Moore. He's got a he's got a little bit of that and he's kind of got the darkness of of Sean Connery a little bit and he mix mixes them well, I think. Um but you know, like my personal preference is for the darker bond, you know, the, the Craig bond and the, the, the Connery bond, but yeah, I mean, he's fine. Okay. All right. Do we want to talk a little bit about bond as a character? And there were some moments in this movie, which I, I mean, harken back to all the bonds before it. So we can point to a lot of them, but a little bit cringeworthy as far as, uh, uh, the portrayal of the women characters and their role in relationship to Bond. Um, I mean, that's what those that's what those stories were. They're silly enough and over the top enough to maybe excuse them. But how did you guys feel? I'm sorry, you're suggesting that that Xena on a top's character is over the top. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> This time, Mr. Bond, the pleasure will be all mine. No, no, we, I thought we're she gonna was have, extremely we're gonna have beef. realistic. <laughs> no, no, she was yeah. she was extremely. I've known a few women like that, yeah, uh, like that after they they uh, mercifully murder everyone in the room. They sort of they enjoy it a little too much. Right, right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's I th- I feel like it, I feel sort of bad saying. Just this is what I expect from a Bond movie. It maybe it's not what we should expect. Uh, another reason it's going to be really interesting to see um, No Time to Die um, is that evidently that movie has taken some strides in putting this 
stereotype to bed in these movies. I mean, apparently, evidently on set there was it was not acceptable Into to bed. refer. Sorry, yeah, uh, it was not acceptable to to refer to anyone as a Bond girl on set uh, of that movie. Um, Kerry Fukunaga made it clear that that didn't exist, and we learned recently that uh, in that movie, the uh, Daniel Craig's James Bond is retired at the beginning, and there is a uh, a new character that is 007, who is a woman. So there's seems to be some efforts made with the new one that we are uh, anxiously awaiting to kind of you know rid this character and series of the misogyny. But in watching like, this, I'm okay, like, now, this stuff's not bothering me because, like, this is sort of, it's just kind of what you've come to expect with James Bond. It doesn't make it right. It's just, this is sort of how this character is created. Yeah, then that's why, like, I'm not defending it, but it's it's so kind of over the top at points that it's laughable. Yeah. Where you could, like, you know, have a good chuckle at his misogyny to so that in a, it kind of dismisses it because it's so ludicrous. Do you, do you guys like if if you were to watch this with your wives, would would you think I did? Okay, okay, great. Okay, D- did you think that did they? I mean, did they find it offensive? No, no she she did not. Because like um, I mean, James Bond isn't like an exemplary man yeah. either. Like the like I mean, when you, it's sort of like like I, I get. Like James Bond, the series is is an important, you know, it's like this long running series, and so it can be this leader in, <laughs> I don't know, in action movies. Right? Sure, sure, and and like, <laughs> or but how to be a man? <laughs> but like, and, and yes, there's all that complicated stuff that I just got finished talking about, but. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I don't take it seriously enough to, to worry about how women are represented because I don't really like, I, I don't think anybody is represented in a realistic way. Right. And, of course. Yeah. It, so I but, agree. And then it goes, goes back to my point. Like we both just laughed at those moments because they're, they're funny. Like it's, that's all it is. It's like everything else. It's just like the action sequences when they kill 30 people you don't go oh no like the genocide you don't start weep the gen- yeah, yeah you don't start weeping inside like you're just it's the same reaction it's like oh man i i did think at the end of this movie where after after the satellite is blown up that you know he's been through a world of shit and he's just like lying <laughs> he's just like lying in this field he tells natasha natalia that or whatever her name is that there's no one around Meanwhile, there were helicopters hovering just above the frame of the screen that somehow they didn't hear, but well, that's right. beside well, the me- point. Remember when he sneaks, like, he's, like, after the chase with the tank, he, like, sneaks the tank, like, enters frame as if he's, like, quietly yeah. watching them get on the train? <laughs> yeah. You know, you yeah. could hear that. You could probably hear that up tank the- from three miles away. <laughs> yeah, up on the bridge, yeah. No, but my point is, like, I was thinking, like, he's they just start making out, and I'm like, I, I can imagine no scenario where... Even if I was th- as close to James Bond as I could ever get, be having the energy to to get it on with this g- woman after everything they'd just been through, and that's another example of just like this isn't real. Like they literally just jumped from an exploding satellite and landed on the ground, yeah. and their first thought is like, like "Let's I get like it how on." Leaves, leaves. Uh, uh, where it becomes unrealistic is the energy yeah. that James Bond then I mean, has. Probably, the stamina. They probably both smell terrible. I mean, they've been yeah. running around for six hours. Yeah, so that's just that. He just has to pop his Viagra. But that yeah, I mean, like, not I, realistic. I, I do think that's one. Th- I mean, you know, it's nice to hear that Kerry Fukunawa, I guess, is leading leading the way on <laughs> representing women in 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 Bond films, but. I mean, and, even saying it sounds kind of ridiculous. Well, yeah, and, I, and I, I mean, I'm being serious. Like, I think, you know, I like there are young boys who will watch that movie and and learn things, but, um, I, I don't know. I I think that the new Bond movies, where they, what they can't do is what we, what Goldeneye does. Like, we're never gonna look, like we're gonna look back at 
Skyfall and we're going to say that's a great movie because it is. It's a it's a right. great movie, but it's not fun it's like, like Goldeneye yeah. is. It's not like we're not going to have nostalgia. And maybe that's just because of when Skyfall came out. But like you're not going to have the nostalgia of this movie the way the or, uh, of, of Skyfall like we are with Goldeneye. And and I think part of that is is that those movies take themselves really seriously. It's like the no what Nolan did for Batman, you know? Like they're they 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 read the tea leaves with you know the the, the Batman Begins and X-Men and where where these movies were going at that time and 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 as a result we got the the Bond are the 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 Craig Bonds and I think those are distinct because they generally take the material a little seriously. They're generally a little darker. Um they sort of think they're too smart for all the quips and for the most part I like that but the one thing that prevents it from delivering is I think what we're talking about with Goldeneye and I think when you do stuff like well we have to be a leader in in you know sexual politics it makes it you know harder to um you know really like like yeah. you can tell that it's taking self t- maybe a little too seriously for some bond fans not I, me I think, but i think you're making a good point and it's it, i think the sexual politics aside because i don't know if that's a road we want to go down we end up putting our foot in our mouth or something but like i just think skyfall is a is a good action movie with a cool character that just happens to be named james bond and is surrounded by characters like M and Q that we're that we've met in the past. But Goldeneye is a Bond movie where there's this added element, whether it's the the pieces they put in to make sure that 25 years later you're nostalgic for it or whatever it may be, those pieces aren't being put into the newer the newer films. And I think that makes them very different. And one thing that I like kind of about the Bond series is its willingness to evolve and change and be different and just cast a new character with no explanation as the same person. Like, I think that because that's been allowed, I'm much more accepting of the idea that these movies are evolving and they're changing. And maybe in 25 years, we will be nostalgic for a movie like Skyfall because the Bond movies have become something else entirely. And it just may be a different type of nostalgia. It may not be like longing for this campiness. It may not be longing for like this, you know, the uh, nachos and Mountain Dew and womanizing and AK 47s and everything like that. Like it might just be something else. It might just be like the suave, cool, calm, collected nature of Daniel Craig. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious, I would love to talk to somebody who's like sort of a bond aficionado who's read some of, Ian Fleming's books and watched all the Bonds because as far as I understand um, James Bond is closer to you know this Pierce Brosnan um, Brosnan character or um, Sean Connery character like the real James Bond than, than he is the Daniel Craig character so people who who know Bond intimately like that did, I, I, did they sort of view the newer Bonds like a betrayal maybe a little bit well i had so my understanding is that daniel craig is closer to the books is he well he's i a, don't know this he's like but... a darker supposedly in the books i haven't read any of them but supposedly in the books he's a he's a little bit of a darker character and to some people craig embodied that embodies that but yeah the the movies obviously ha- are are much more important and famous than the books at this point. So I think what they created with the early Connery movies and Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton, like those, those set the precedent for what our expectations are for what these movies should be like and who this character is. And you know, then I, Sam Mendes and Daniel Craig decided to make that change. Well, I mean, Actually, the director of this movie did that too. The, oh yeah, that's right. He did um, Casino Royale. Yeah, Mark which Campbell. is really good. Right. I mean, I think I think Casino Royale is up there with with Skyfall. Um, I, you know, I, I in the back of my head, I, I had I had this feeling, I had this sense that the James Bond books were like, you know, just a little bit more pulpy than Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. 
But they are actually like the plots of James Bond movies. They are equally ridiculous. They're just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, which is fine. But, like, who cares about the book? At this point, they're, you know, they're not based on anything on anything real. Um, yeah, but that, you bring up a good point, Jabin. Like, if it... Like, at no point during this discussion we've had did we once talk about the plot of this movie, what <laughs> yeah, the Golden true. Eye was, or how this giant satellite matter. got into Cuba, or, like, it, it, does, it matters zero amount. So, it's almost, it's impressive when a filmmaker can, <laughs> can give you something without having a plot basically you can give you something enjoyable without you having to know like you just have to have some sort of loose basis well, this was, to follow this was my I problem think. with mission impossible right like or not problem but the my reaction to um what's the most recent one called <laughs> i, I can't matter. keep track um, also doesn't matter the most recent one not rogue nation fallout right fallout was was that like they obviously don't care about the plot at all like nothing it, it, you know it doesn't matter and and that kind of bugs me a little bit but also it you're i mean yeah so it, they know what it is you know they don't care um i do want to ask you guys i do think that there's this sense that the craig bond is a reflection of i think the times we've been talking about but also a specific reaction to the born movies. Um, how do you guys feel about mm. that? What do you, and, but, and, and when you're answering that, do you prefer, and I don't necessarily think you need to go movie to movie, but do you prefer what's happening here in Goldeneye and, and perhaps what's done as the films, I think they get progressively worse. Um, the, the Brosson films do, what happened, what unfolds in the next, the next three movies. Do you prefer that to, to, to what's happening with Craig, or do you prefer the the, the Craig movies? So I I mean I think ultimately I prefer the the Craig movies, but I think this one just strikes a balance that supersedes almost all the Craig movies for me. But I think in general, it's it it would be the Craig movies. It would be the born the grittiness of the born movies. I mean I think. Ultimately, I would pref- I prefer that. I think I just think they're they're done better, and they're more engaging. So for me, there's something there. There is a definite parallel between the the Craig movies and something like Jason Bourne, but what uh, the the unintentional parallel between the two is that they're f- how forgettable those movies are for me. I can't remember a single plot element. I can remember the occasional car chase, but all the Daniel Craig Bond movies blend together to me. I don't know what scene is from which one. All I can ever remember is that uh, Javier Bardem was in Skyfall. But aside from that, I don't know which villain was in which one, which Bond girl was in which one. And I have the same problem with the Bourne movies. They're so forgettable. I can never remember a single frame until I watch it again. It's like the first time I've seen it. And I think there's clearly something about the way that those movies are done that makes that happen for me. And that's not the case with some of the older Bond movies like Goldeneye. I haven't seen, I've probably seen Skyfall more times than I've seen Goldeneye. Honestly. I mean, I've probably seen Goldeneye four times, three or four times in my whole life. So I don't know. It's not just having seen it a bunch of times for 25 years, but I remember the movie (laughs) again. It's probably the video game, but uh, yeah, I, there's something very I think, forgettable I about think some the, of that, the Bourne movies and the new uh, Daniel Craig Bonds. Well, I, do, I think some of that has to do with the characters in GoldenEye, too. I mean, they're pretty memorable characters and pretty distinct looking. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think I think that has something. Whereas, like, the Bourne movies, like, who do you... There's nobody that that memorable. I think the way it's shot, the Paul Greengrass style also makes it hard yeah. to keep track of one film to the next. Yeah, um, I just think there's there's something about that born style that just makes that just kind of 
you're, there's not a lot of joy in those movies, you know? There's right. there's not a lot of uh, comic relief. fun. Yeah, I mean, and 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 you don't need to have jokes necessarily. No, but, you don't need to have those but, bad puns that Bond has. But um, you know, like it's it's night. I, I don't know. I there, so sometimes I, I I just like I'm down with that direction. I think that's the direction I would take things, and that's the direction I like things to go. That's where my preferences preferences lie in, in the darker more serious tones but they are so dour you know like they just they sometimes just feel like a wet blanket you know like yeah, you're you not want gonna, somebody you, to smile yeah ki- kind of yeah you want you want some you want to see people enjoying themselves and and that is something you get out of golden i like you get the sense that bond likes what he does instead of with the new ones he's like begrudgingly doing everything you know he doesn't yeah, constantly being pulled out of retirement and, yeah do you think do you think it's more and i i guess i think this i think it's more difficult to do something like golden right if you were to make a new bond than it is to do the daniel craig darker gritty it definitely, it definitely right. because striking it's so, the tone is tough it's like getting it's the tone so easy right to is... make golden eye bad and we've seen it the 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 following pierce brosnan bond movies are pretty good examples of that i think they get worse right. with each movie um it's very easy to make it it over the top and chapin you made the point it goes just far enough and knowing when to stop is what makes this movie so so good and and that's what's crazy about it is like knowing when to stop wasn't the tank chase they're like no 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 we're going to have the tank chase and it's going to go on for a long time but we're going to stop after that but right but but like, the, in the la- the last action sequence of the Pierce Brosnan movies he's parasailing down a tidal wave in from a glacier collapsing you're going to die another day yeah I don't even remember that. One. And, and and like it's an, it's not even a real Paris para sale or whatever. It's like he, it's an impromptu one that he's you know that he's fixed together. Yeah. Okay. I I really enjoyed this movie. I was I was so surprised I. how good I thought it was. I expected to enjoy it. I shouldn't say I was surprised that I enjoyed it. I was surprised at how good I found this movie. Uh I thought it was an impressive movie. I mean, Bond, impressive Bond movie makes it sound a little pejorative. I thought like, it was I an, think impressive it's an impressive action movie. film. Yeah, me too. I think the action sequences are really good. And that being said, that kind of moves us into our top five. And it's top five action moves, really, is what we started with. But moments work, too, if you want to extend that move a little bit longer. It's just those those parts of the uh, of an action movie you're just like, whoa, yeah, that's how I would have done it. And just where where that character just becomes super cool in your eyes that's what i think what we're looking for here yep um so uh chapin why don't you start us off with your uh number five okay my number five is comes from a car chase and it's basically like a drift when the car drifts and this isn't like (laughs) tokyo drift where you're drifting the whole time for sort of (laughs) aesthetic reasons but i'm thinking specifically of the drifts that are in uh Ronin, which get you from point A to B, and it, it make that allow you to do essentially a 180 degree turn while out, without losing much speed, and so you're yeah. essentially your your back wheels are are losing traction, so that you can whip that that part the back end of the car around as you steer. Do you like that movie, Tapin? I love Ronin. It's one of my really. Favorites. Yes, you should watch it again. Give it some. I've give it some it more thought. Very recently. And I feel like it's okay. Okay, well that's 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 just incorrect. So let's just. But the on. drifting is cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Tokyo Drift. Okay. So I, I Lee, what do you got for number I five? I went. I went for the most part with all action moves, 
my number five though is more of a moment. Um, it's it's one of the first things I thought of when I just when I think of an action movie scene or moment. This always comes to mind. It's in Black Hawk Down. It's the strobe scene when Josh Hartnett has to run across and get the strobe and throw it on the roof so that the uh, choppers can come and take out all the uh, Somalians on the roof. And the way that scene is lit, the slow motion, the music is so awesome. It Like, I have watched that scene ever since I got surround sound in my living room. I've watched that scene about a hundred times with the the volume turned up as loud as Lydia lets me turn it up. And it just looks so awesome. And that's like... That's like the epitome of like high schooly, like let's let's do a military thing, right? Like not really join the military. That seems like it could be dangerous, but like let's pretend to do what I just watched Josh Hartnett do. Ah, <laughs> uh, you should have watched that before a paintball game. It, that that's exactly like that's what you'd want to do playing paintball. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so my number five is another uh, bit of a nostalgia pick, but it is cool. Um, and I don't even know where this scene is in the movie, but it is the it's Legolas oh, in um, Lord of the Rings and his archery ability. Um, Do you have a specific he, a specific one? Well, I can remember like he took the two arrows, he took them out, and he was able to like hit two guys and then he was like sliding down a branch or something i yeah. don't remember it's just cool he just looked awesome yeah, it's doing the... it. he was so quick with those oh no you know which one it was he took the arrow out he yep. stabbed a and guy with it, it in the head pulled it back and then shot another yep. guy that's the one i that... had yeah and that's like that's awesome. and that was before we knew like about orlando bloom the actor and we're all like this guy Keep an eye on this guy. <laughs> Man, talk about disappointing. But now you go back and watch those, and you're like, oh, he didn't have... Peter Jackson didn't let him speak. Yeah, he just... It's like, just do that with the arrow again. We'll make you look awesome in post. So do, do, do I, I need to have, it. like, specific moments from movies, or can I just do... Ideally, yeah. Okay, well, oh, I, I don't really have a good one for this one, but um, it's the nut grab... It's, what? It's it's, gotta be more it's totally gone out of style, but it's basically when you just like grab somebody else's balls and you like squeeze them, and there's always that sound effect Chapin. of like something yeah. popping. Oh, so you don't even have you don't have a movie. You're just talking about one guy. Grabbing well, I can tell you, there's balls. there's a scene in like one of the early scenes of The Sopranos that where he does it, but like you just you're trying to intimidate the guy and you grab him and you just grab him by the nuts, and there's like a little bit of and, a cracking sound. <laughs> Yeah, and it's really where the, the other guy smiles. I love the first time that happened in a movie, and the Foley artist is like, Jesus, what do what, I have for what, this? What, what do we put in here? Oh, this guy's <laughs> testicles are bursting. <laughs> but there, do you know what I mean? There's like, it's gone out of style, but there's always yeah. that scene where the guy just goes, and there's always like a, like a little crunch. Um, yeah. Uh, let me think of a, of a movie. Uh, anyway, sorry, sorry. Go, right, keep going. You work on that. Do you need to Google? Do you need to Google that? My number, yeah. my number four. Nut grab. Uh, my number four is from Predator, and this is another. This is like an immediate thought when I think of action movies. And it's sorry, right who, when, who was that directed by? That was directed by John McTiernan. Thank you. So you're remembering because it's Hunt a very memorable movie. Okay. Okay. I did not say anything about him other than I don't think of him as a great iconic director, but <laughs> the. The scene when Carl Weathers dies in Predator and he gets his arm, he's about, he's pulling, it's slow motion, he's pulling his arm, pulling his gun up and his arm gets shot off as he's shooting and then it cuts to his arm on the ground still shooting and (laughs) (laughs) and it's just, it's just amazing. I'm like, this is, this is a bold move. Uh, That's great. Uh, uh, My number four is... It's pretty iconic scene, but it was one of the first I thought of. It's in uh, Indiana Jones when the guy comes at him with the sword and uh, does all the moves, and he's just like, nah, whatever, yeah. and shoots him. So he, yep. he had the I flu. Mean, when he was sick, yeah. He had, yeah, he had the flu. We all know that story, but it still is just cool. It is cool. Just, just shoot, shoot the, the guy, guy with the Jesus. sword. Yeah, <laughs> like, what are we wasting time? It's so brilliant. Okay, uh, my number three, I, I simply am calling the Schwarzenegger neck break. 
Um, and I'm specifically oh, yeah. thinking, I think he does it the best in uh, uh, True Lies, directed by James Cameron. Um, he just like breaks so many necks in that movie. And it's, and it's the way he, do, you know, like normally I would, that would, <laughs> I would find that to be like very disturbing and, you know, awful. But the way Schwarzenegger does it, it just feels so nonchalant. I know. <laughs> and it's a quick de- death for those terrorists. Yeah. I, I, that mention is when one of the terrorists falls on a missile and his, his vest gets caught on it and then he fires the missile with the guy attached to it into a an, an, another enemy helicopter. That's it. Yeah, that that used to be a big thing breaking the necks back yeah. in the day. Like, and it's uh, so easy. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it does look easy. So easy. I don't I think was, it is easy. No, that's what I mean. I they was make always it worried it was going to fall weird. And yeah, what if I just land funny? <laughs> yeah, it seemed really easy. All you have to do is turn their neck. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even go that far around. Uh, all right, all right, Lee. So what do you got? my number three. I'm going to tell you guys the movie, and you're going to think it's the obvious scene, which is, does, you know, does get my juices flowing, I have to admit. But there's a, another moment, move, I should say, in the, in the Karate Kid that I want to highlight. So I know you're thinking mm-hmm. the crane kick, right? Now, that's a, that's a good ending. I really actually am moved by the end of that movie with the music and everybody running out after he wins and Johnny Lawrence going, you're all right, LaRusso. But I think there's a moment where you really see how good at karate Johnny Lawrence really was that gets missed in that uh, you're the best montage. This guy comes at him. He, he punches him or he grabs his arm, kicks him in the stomach, then brings his leg up, kicks him on one side of the face and then kicks him on the other side of the face. Like he's slapping him with his, like with his uh, wrist and he does it so fast, and the guy's just down. And I'm like, Daniel Russo could never do this. That's a great karate move. It's the best karate move you see in the whole movie. And for some reason, when I think of the Karate Kid, of course I think of the end with the crane kick. I'm not going to pretend like I think of this. But I always remember that kick and being enormously impressed with it. Yeah. How many times do you try to do that? Just go up in the air and, and see if you can at least move your leg. Well, he does. Forward. He literally moves it like it's just like flipping his wrist, like if you were to slap somebody, but he does it with his ankle. It's amazing. There's all sorts. You can find all sorts of stuff on the internet that's really convincing. All sorts of good stuff. That's really convincing about how Johnny Lawrence is really the hero of that movie. Um, there's always been jokes about it, but the the arguments are are pretty convincing. I mean, Danny LaRusso sort of has it all coming. Uh, all right, so uh, we're number threes, right? Two. Oh, yeah, you're on uh, three. Yeah, you're yeah. number three, yep. I'm on three, yeah. So uh, mine is the the lobby scene in The Matrix behind the, the pillars. Yep. I mean, it's just one of those scenes back in the day when I first got surround sound, I probably played a hundred times. Um, it's just cool. It's just cool. Just the way he moves or they both move and the way those things explode the pillars explode. It's just, it really makes you want to get a bunch of machine guns. I know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's led up to it, too. It's a, like, a, you know, what do you need? Guns, lots of guns. And they have that scene before yeah. it. And... It's such good and effective use of slow motion. Like, sometimes it's so overdone, yeah. but that's such a great scene for that. All right, Chapin, you're Okay, up. My, right. my number two, I didn't We're know up. what this was called, so I just called it the crotch jujitsu move. It's a lot of, like a lot a of the lot crotches and stuff. And this is the <laughs> one... Man gets hits in crotch. Basically where you jump onto somebody and their legs... You're, you basically oh, like yeah. wrap your legs yep. around their face and pull them down. Um, and yep. it's usually and you women... You can also... Sometimes, are, sometimes you'll break their neck that way too. Which So like yeah, you're, all exactly. your picks are tying together. Exactly. So it's usually women. And I think the nice thing about it is that... <laughs> It's kind. Of, it's kind of hot in a weird way. <laughs> I mean, you think you're thinking of sex a little bit. That's when, how you want to go, Jason. Like, you, you know, you don't feel so bad for that that particular yeah. uh, henchman who who gets it that way. You know. Okay. Um, but it's also a cool move. You it, know, like it's a. Is there a specific movie you got for that? For some or? reason, I'm thinking of uh, Black Widow when she like in um, 
the the Avengers movies. She, I feel like she does that a lot. Oh, yeah, I feel like jumps up. Uh, Charlize there. Theron does it in uh, um, Atomic Blonde. It's a cool move. Yeah, and then the guys the guy always just kind of like spins how, all the way I mean, around and falls. No wonder over. Chapin thinks that these it's it's kind of hot. It's just, he's picturing the movies when Scarlett Johansson and Charlize Theron are doing it. <laughs> Yeah, let me see if I can find the one where uh <laughs> like Paul Paul Giamatti's doing <laughs> watch that. Like he could jump high enough to get his his <laughs> legs around somebody's face. <laughs> Alright. Uh am I up? My number two? Yeah, number two. Yo, homies. Is that my briefcase? Oh my god! Oh, that's my number that one. That's so good. Like that scene, man. Like God, that's like that's what you mentioned it at the top of the top five, Jeremy. Yeah. Like, I, makes you want to be that guy. Like that scene in yeah, col- that was easily that scene in Collateral. My number one. The way he just wastes those guys, uh, and he's he, so cool. He shoot, and apparently that's the right like they they show that in in. Police yeah, of course they do, because he... Michael Mann directed that movie. <laughs> God, it, God forbid he shot somebody incorrectly. The it, way is, he... it is some like he shoots like a, a, a like an like an inordinate amount of rounds in a, in a certain amount of time, and there's a behind the scenes clip of like I think he's on set timing it. Michael Mann watching the monitor, and like it, if you just pan down, you could just see he's <laughs> fully erect. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going crazy for that. Um, Man, that is is such a great scene. uh, My number two is going to be pretty much all of Benicio Del Toro in Sicario. But I'll just go with the the end scene when he finally gets into the drug dealer's home and just takes everyone out one by one. Kills the kids. Who's then then alive. The drug dealer that he kills who's then alive in the sequel. No, he's not. (laughs) Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yeah, because the sequel. But he is just the coolest in that movie. Yeah. All right. Chapin. All right. You number one. You got a different number one. My my my. See, guys, I I picked like ridiculous moments. I didn't know we could go with the. I mean, I. Anyways, so I picked the John Woo double pistols, flying in the air. And that's just John Woo. Yeah. Well, he's been copied so, many basically times. Basically, Mission Impossible 2. No, 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 no. I don't want to use that example. I mean, Face Off does it better than Mission Impossible 2. That's for sure. But it's because it's just so ludicrous. Like, one, you can't you can't shoot guns standing still accurately that way, much less jumping out of a plane and while you're falling into the air. I, I feel like they kind of, like, weirdly throw yeah. the guns when they're doing it. Like yeah. It's, yeah. And it's accurate still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably best done in, you know, the killer hard boiled, but you know, there's a lot of those. All right. Oh, I mean, I forgot to mention, of course, um, boondock saints. Well, this is my boondock saints memorialist. Right. Um, so my number one, this is, this is like truly an action move. So like truest to what I think we were trying to do. It is the five point palm exploding heart technique. Right. Brilliant, mm. and that scene. That's love the one. music note uh, when she does that in Kill Bill Volume Two. Um, obviously, really earned that moment. We've built to it. We've built to their confrontation. We've learned about that technique. Uh, yeah, great move. If I, I, so here's a question: If you guys had that in your repertoire, in your tool belt, if you know, well, yeah, what do you mean? Okay, if? then may, Jeremy, you'll be able to answer this question accurately like what is the appropriate scenario to bring it out i'm not saying i'm not i'm not gonna ask you to give me a who but like when uh like family reunions okay if someone's just talking too much <laughs> just shut up great aunt <laughs> oh, well, her heart, heart exploded she must it's when you uh, have to i think it's when you have to do it secretly because there's no entry wound i mean there might be a couple of bruises but no one's gonna the the coroner's not gonna be like, well, his heart exploded. How did that happen? Well, I I guess I'm just asking like, you know, Bill tried to kill her 
like wiped out every yeah, like the, he the, had it coming but like the, I, it's unlike it's unlikely that we're gonna have somebody that we have such a vendetta against so but i don't want to die knowing mm. that i had this and never but, used it but he got off easy so, don't you think uh, she just had an opportunity an, you're just not answering my question, so I just we should just move on. I have another question one. for you. I have another question for you. Okay, did but I'll Quint- not answer it. Did Quint- Did Tarantino not make make a mistake by not zooming in to a uh, Three Kings esque style shot of the heart actually the, exploding inside yeah. of his chest cavity? <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't make a mistake. Perfect. Okay. See sorry. How, see how I see how easy that was to just <laughs> answer your question. All right, Jeremy. Yeah, I I could see I could see him doing that though. I can kind of picture it now. Now I wish it had. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any honorable mentions you guys want to talk about that uh, we just couldn't get to? That I was thinking about the end of cool. Bloodsport, but you know. Blood sport, so I was like, we'll leave it off the podcast. What's blood sport? The Jean Claude Van Damme. Have you there? You guys seen? Have you seen blood sport? No. <laughs> it's so bad. It's just, but like, so at the end of blood sport, so it's basically this movie about like this underground MMA fights in Japan, basically that like is the time honored tradition and very sacred and very secretive and course Jean-Claude Van Damme joins it and he gets to the f- the finale against the the reigning champion Chong Lee who's just you guys should just look that guy up to see what he looks like you'll get a chuckle and he he uh Chong Lee throws this like stuff at his face and blinds him temporarily blinds him so he can't see where he is to fight him but little does Chong Lee know uh Jean-Claude Van Damme's been training for this his whole life and he's practiced fighting with a blindfold on. And so he then uh, proceeds to win the match without his vision. So there's some, good, there's some good moves, too, that he shows. But I was like, you know, it's also it's blood sport, so I can't put it on the list. Anything sub-30 metascore doesn't belong in the top five. I didn't know we had that rule. Uh, we do now. I'm just going to look up Predator real quick, make sure it's... Uh... Oh, it's definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Do you have any cool action moves um, that we forgot that you want to mention? Uh, feedback at getyourfilmfixpodcast.com. Did you want to explain, Lee, why we stopped? We didn't do Tokyo Story or whatever? Uh, yeah, you know, we liked that people were listening, so we chose to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't um, give out my credentials for Criterion Collection to everybody, so... We actually, we actually do intend... Uh, I think we do want to just effing watch Tokyo Story. Um, we wanted to kind of just ride some of the momentum we had with some of our successful episodes. We thought GoldenEye would be fun. Obviously, everybody's been missing... Uh, James Bond right now. We talked about totally. Sean Connery last week. Um, so we thought at the moment, GoldenEye seemed like a better choice. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about when Tokyo Story uh, may be more appropriate. We obviously love doing the Just Effing Watches. I think people like those episodes as stalker and come and see our evidence too. So uh, we will do that, Tokyo Story. So go ahead and watch it, follow along. We will get to that podcast at a later date. Imagine if someone sat through it and then, <laughs> yeah, then they... and then they're like Golden Eye. <laughs> this podcast, fuck. Um, <laughs> I love that we can we can go we can toggle between Golden Eye and Tokyo Story. Yeah, well, they, that's, they're pretty similar. That's great. <laughs> I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee. All right, so this episode is being brought to you by Lacuna Inc. Where did As you guys that? may know, this is pretty. What? We, they've already sponsored us. Oh, they did? Yeah. I mean, if they want to do oh, it fuck again. It. <laughs> fuck it. I don't have any. Who did? I, I thought they may have. Who did? 
But Lacuna. Lacuna hasn't sponsored us. Yeah, they have. No, they haven't. What episode did they sponsor us? I don't remember, but I did it. Wait, what's Lacuna? Well, it it's a great company. I mean, it's pretty amazing. If you uh, oh, is that okay? Yeah, they did do that. Yeah, it, yeah, they did sponsor us, but that's good. If they want to, why they don't want you? To spend some why don't you money, do the similar um, brand? Big the reason Kahuna. I forgot that they sponsored us was because I'm a I'm a client. Oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. Well, there there's that too, but they didn't sponsor us. Okay. Um, I had forgotten because I had used their service. So, um, if you ever want to, uh, you know, have a memory erased. So this is incredible. This is have a this... testament to its its effectiveness. Yeah, you, you, and then you could use the service over and over again. I think they do that on purpose a little bit. They take that part out too, so you even forget that. Uh, well, are they using it on themselves and forgetting that they keep paying us to sponsor them? So. I don't know. It's all very weird. Fools. So, anyhow, there they go. They sponsored us again. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs>